Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Good morning, everybody. All right. Hey, um, first, I just want to say thank you guys for all you're doing. Like Pastor Aaron just said all about the, the giving and the different things we have going on. And you guys have done such a great job at already joining us in that. And if you guys could keep staff in prayer, there is a lot of things going on that, that we run, especially in the holidays. So if you just, if you just have a, a reminder in your, in your brain, just saying, you know what, pray for the staff for just time to be expanded, which we'll be talking about in, in a second. And then there's two things I do want to draw your attention to because you see that there's some gift cards over here or not gift cards, but, but little tags for gift cards over here to, to my right, your left. And um, if you want to grab one of those after service, if you're able to, these are the, the gift card drive we do for foster kids. And so if you want to just take that and then bring that with the gift card that's associated with that, that'd be awesome. And then I don't know if you know this, but if you don't, we have a church in Zacatecas, Mexico that we help build and, and we have a pastor there. That's where Pastor Alfredo is from. And so there's a church in his hometown. And we do a toy drive every, every year for that church so they can give out to the community. And so if you want, you can also uh, bring an, uh, an unwrapped toy, a new unwrapped toy, and just put it in our community overflow cart, which is in the foyer right outside. And it'll say Zach takes toy drive. If you could do either of those things, that would be awesome. I'm going to tell you this too. We are in our series of generosity. And last week, Pastor Jim preached a, the, like one of the best sermons on forgiveness. And if you're in here and that is something like, man, I really need to, to, to listen to something about forgiveness, I cannot recommend highly enough that sermon. So go ahead. If you have a chance this week, go and listen. Or for some of us, we might need to re-listen to that because already things have happened this week and we just need like a refresher. Um, but today we're going to be talking about time. Now, there are some of you in here that came to first service with little children. And when I say little children, I'm talking like five and below. All right. And you are true heroes. I'm serious. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to get a four-year-old ready in time for something, but it is never like in the realm of what you think it will happen in, right? Because a four-year-old four especially is like, like they're old enough to do certain things. And, and then, but then if you sit them down to eat breakfast, it is honestly, that is like pulling teeth out of like the worst horse you could ever imagine that just is like, I will bite your hand off. It is like, it is just, it's this task to like, please, like, can you just eat? And then my daughter and Ellie, and honestly, she is like a butterfly. She is so amazing and beautiful, but has the attention span of a butterfly as well. And just... <laughs> And it's just, and it's like, baby, we got to go like right now. And it's like, but I'm hungry, but I don't like this. There's no more dinos in the dino meal. I don't, whatever the thing is, man, it just takes forever because kids just don't have that sense of time. And so I know if you came with like a five-year-old or a four-year-old and you came to first service, God bless you. We go, my family goes to second because we, we're not that good. So I, you're, you're amazing. I don't know how you did it. And, and you know, like when you have like a, like a baby, right? I don't know if, if some of you might, this might be a shock and, you know, but to you, because you've never had a kid or for some of you, you might be triggered again. But for those of us that have babies, like it is, if you go anywhere, that's why parents stay home, man. Cause going anywhere is like, it's just, it's like, we need to leave in an hour. We are behind. We need to get ready now. And if my wife is so good, my wife is amazing and she like knows what to bring. Have, I don't know if your wives are like this. They just know, they can like have to tell, 
telepathic powers with their children. Like Ellie was sitting and she goes, go to the bathroom. And I was like, she's just sitting. She goes, watch. And she, and I was like, how did you know? And they'll, so they'll bring all the outfits and a million diapers. And I mean, you're leaving for like a two hour park trip and you look like you're packed for six days. Like it's, it's all this time, right? And, and today I'm going to talk about being generous with your time. And some of you are like, that's impossible. I have no time. I'm barely here. I've had four hours of sleep because my life is such a, like such craziness. I got little kids. I got a job. I just, I haven't even, some of you work night shift and you just come to church and now I'm going to talk about time and you're automatic and be like, I can tune out of this because I got no time to give. If I'm supposed to be generous with it, I got nothing. And, and you might even think you know what the message is because you're like, well, he's going to talk about not being on social media and, and not doing this and serving more at church. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to talk about any of those things specifically. I actually want to talk today about more foundational ways that we can be generous with our time, like some different mindsets, some different views and some different ways that we see Jesus spend his time so that we can truly be generous with our time. So I want you to throw out any sermon writing that you've already done when you've seen the title, Generous With Time. I want you to throw out everything you think I'm going to talk about. Because I think what I'm going to say is not really the specifics of, okay, well, look at your Instagram and look at social media or look at your Netflix. I'm not gonna, I don't want to talk about those specifics. I want to talk about more foundational ways of how we view our time and how we spend our time. Okay? So can you bow your heads with me? We're going to pray. And start, this, uh, and start this day with the Lord. Father, thank you so much for, God, the worship that you gave us. God, for getting to see baptisms. God, people that have given their life to you, we get to witness the miracle of them being baptized and becoming new creations. Father, thank you that, that we are here today. God, that we have a beautiful day today. And that, God, that we would take this day and we'd use this day, God, as you see fit. In your name we pray. Yeah. Amen. All right, so like I said, we're gonna talk about some foundational things. So the first thing I wanna talk about, and you can write this in your notes, is in order to be generous with our time, we need to learn how to view time, how to view time. In order for you to be truly generous with your time, you have to have the correct view of what time is, especially for a Christian, all right? Because the little sub point that you can put if you're taking notes, or I think there's a fill in for this, is we as Christians, and really I think a lot of people believe this, even those of you who are maybe not in the faith and just checking this thing out, um, we believe this. We believe that time is both eternal and fleeting. And by fleeting, I mean that it's temporary, it's quick, it's fast. So we believe that time is both eternal, that it'll be forever and ever, like that even when this body passes away, we will live on, all right, in heaven or hell. We believe time is both eternal and then time is also fleeting. And for that, I want you to just go really quick to the book of James, and we're going to go to chapter four. I'm going to get there really quick because I cheated and put a bookmark because I knew what I was talking about, okay? It might take you a little more time. Don't worry. If you don't get there in time, just uh, look at the screen and mark it later. But James 4, verse 13, I want you to see what uh, the author says. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live 
and also do this or that. And what the author is trying to tell you this, he's saying, hey, you're making all these plans, acting like I just got all the time in the world. I'll go there and make a profit. I'll move there. I'll do this. I'll, I'll store up all my stuff. I'll make my business big. I'll have all this stuff. And you're not realizing that this time is a vapor. It's just a small part of your life. And that one day it's here and the next day is gone and you don't know when that time will be. And so instead of thinking, all right, I can do all this for myself, you need to start praying, what's the Lord's will for my life? That's, that's what the, the author's trying to say. Now I'm gonna, I have like a little illustration that hopefully makes this easier because I don't know about you, but all the movies now are all like multiverse and time travel and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm, I, I can't follow. Like, I don't know. I don't have a doctorate in like physics or anything. So, but I have a rope and some duct tape, pink duct tape, because I have two girls and this is the only duct tape I had in my house. So we're not going to talk about it, but this is, this is how, this is an illustration by Francis Chan, by Craig Rochelle. I actually saw this from my senior pastor, um, Rick Comstock, when I was uh, in a Tascadero. And so I'm going to give him credit for it, but this is like time. This little piece of duct tape, of pink duct tape represents your birth. And at the end represents your death this little piece. And the rest of this rope is eternity. And do you see how small this part is compared to eternity? Do you see that, right? Pretty easy. And too many times how we live our lives is only for this piece right here. We want to make enough money. We want to make enough money for our kids to have money. And everything that we do is just about this little tiny piece. And we forget sometimes that there's an eternity after. And we just kind of live for the now. What could I do to be happy now? What could I do to get my things now? What could I do to make my profit now? What could I do for my kids so that they're happy now? And we focus on this piece and we forget that there's an eternity after this. And we also forget this, that this here is where we'll be, but it is determined by what happens in this life. What happens in this life determines where I'll be forever. What I do for the Lord in this life is going to determine what it is. Not a works thing, the decisions I make, right? If I decide to follow Jesus in this life, that's going to determine my eternity. If I decide to, to do his will in this life, that's going to determine my eternity. So it's not my, well, what I do is going to determine this. It's what I choose to believe and who do I choose to obey in this life determines my eternity. And so what I should be thinking is this this should influence this life right the eternal perspective of what I'm of what is going to happen should influence what I do in the today every single moment right because this is so small and this is forever and this needs to create urgency in us in this this is this is kind of what I mean I was driving um let's say 2002, 2003, my Mazda 626, all right, stick shift in Atascadero, 16 years old in 2002, 17 maybe, okay? And uh, for some of you, you're like, wow, that dude is young up there. And for some of you, like, that dude is old for the young people. So I'm in the middle, it's great. And, uh, and I'm driving, and, and Atascadero is so small that honestly, every road kind of looks the same. And it's, and it's beautiful, and you can kind of just cruise like, just around and you don't really think about like the driving because all the roads are the same and they're all kind of one lane. I didn't know a freeway could have more than two lanes until I moved here. And when I saw three lanes, that was amazing. I didn't know you could have more than one freeway in a city until 
It's just a 101. You go north or south, there's no other way to go. Um, and I remember I'm driving in one of the towns and I'm going to a friend's house uh, who I hadn't been to yet. And I'm in my car, my Mazda 626 stick shift, and, uh, and I got two 12-inch speakers in the back because that was like, that was cool back then, man. That was awesome. In the trunk, right? It was like the, everything would rattle. It, would, it sounded awful, but it was awesome. And in the CD player was a burned copy. I know, burned, I know, I know. But don't worry, it was, it was a burned copy. Of, if I'm gonna sin, I was gonna sin all the way. A burned copy of 50 Cent's first hit album. And it, while it was playing was just all those songs like, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, you know, all that. Party like, it's your birthday. We're not gonna sing the rest of the song because it's church. And, um, and dude, I'm, and I listen to it loud, all right? So I'm, I'm just going, this little white kid in a stick shift, Mazda 66. I'm driving, just, and the music's a wankster, you ain't never caught, like the whole thing, right? It was awesome. And then all of a sudden, like it felt like an explosion under my car. Like all of a sudden, my, my wheels have popped up in the air. My CDs are all over the place because we used to have CD cases. I don't know if some of you remember that. Um, some of you are like eight tracks and I'm like, oh man, it's, it's okay. But for, for those CDs were all over the car. My, my drink in the cup holder had popped open and now there was, there was uh, Dr. Pepper everywhere. And, uh, and remember it's a stick shift. So then I, we, my, I'm like kind of doing the uh, uh, thing and I'm just like, I don't know what happened, but I feel like someone just tried to kill me, right? And what it, what it really happened was that I wasn't paying attention. I was so into my song, whatever was going on. And I had not noticed that there was a dip in the road. I'd never been in this house before. And I had taken that dip where you're supposed to kind of slow down and just yeah, kind of do it softly. I had taken that thing at like 35 miles an hour and I was just boom, up in the air, everything's chaos. And that's, now if I had known what was gonna happen, what would I have done? Maybe a hundred feet before I'd start to slow down, right? because I knew what was about to take place. What I had done in a moment, what I had seen, sorry, in the future, I would have made a decision in the moment because I knew what was coming. And for those of you in here, you're not making decisions with the future eternal perspective of mind. You're just making them in a moment. And when I say a moment, I mean, you might be thinking 10 years, 20 years. You might be like, Charlie, that's so far away. Not that far away when it comes to eternity. And you're making these little decisions that are affecting your spiritual life, that are affecting eternity. Because in your mind, you're thinking like those people that James is talking to. Well, I'll just go over here and I'll make a profit. I'll do this, I'll do that. Instead of thinking, God, whatever you will, that's what I'm doing because I got a truth for you here and it's gonna, it's gonna upset some of you a little bit. That, um, that, and this is just a theological truth, guys. There's only gonna be enough time in your life to do what God wants you to do. There's not gonna be enough time in your life to do what you wanna do and what God wants you to do. You're not gonna be able to bring both those things together and, and cram them in and say, well, God, I wanna do this and I wanna make this much money and I wanna do what you wanna do. You're not gonna be able to make all your money retire and then say, all right, God, now it's your turn. No, all of that goes away. You're only gonna have enough time in this life as Christians to do what, what God wants you to do, not what you wanna do and what God wants you to do. It's his will, 
not both of your wills. If you, if you don't know the story of the rich young ruler, I'm just gonna explain it to you really quick. Um, there's, a, there's a rich young guy and he has all this wealth and he comes to Jesus and he asks about eternal life. He's like, what do I have to do to receive it? And at first Jesus just kind of asks him like, well, here's some rules that you should probably follow. And, and he's kind of testing the young man because the young man says, well, I follow all those rules. He was thinking it was about works. He goes, what, what more works do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tests him. Okay, do you do these works? All right, so now Jesus knows that even though he does the works, he doesn't feel like he has eternal life yet. Now Jesus knows he can speak to him. And it says that he looked at the young man with compassion. And he said this, he said, then the next thing you need to do is sell everything you have and follow me. Now, this wasn't Jesus saying that like in order to inherit eternal life, you need to be poor because some of you are very wealthy and, and it's not, it's not a, okay, only poor people get to go to heaven. There's rich people in the Bible all over the place. So it isn't about this, uh, okay, you have to be poor to inherit eternal life, but it is this, you have to empty your hands of everything, of everything you hold on to in order to inherit eternal life. You cannot hold on to what you want or this or that sport that your kid is in or, or this job promotion that you have. You cannot hold on to the stuff of the world and also just on top put eternal life. You have to empty your hands of everything and submit it all to the Father and say, God, this is yours. This is all yours. That means that for some of you, this week, this month, you're gonna to talk to a coach and you're gonna say, hey, listen, my kid loves this sport, but he's not coming on this day. He's just not, I prayed about it and we're not supposed to be here on this day. We'll come all the other days, he'll practice hard, he'll be there, but, but he's not coming on this day, she's not coming on this day. You're gonna to go to a boss who's gonna offer you a big promotion, but it's gonna take a lot of time for you and you're gonna pray about it and you're gonna give it to the father and he's gonna say, actually, I don't have that for you. And you're gonna go back to your boss and say, listen, I know this is great, this is awesome, but I, but I gave it to the father and he didn't give it back to me. And so I'm gonna to have to say no. I mean, when I talk about like giving everything, I'm not, we're not playing. We're not trying to make, we're not trying to lie to you about Christianity. We're not trying to tell you like, hey, if you just add Christianity into your life, then everything's gonna turn out okay because you'll be a Christian. I'm telling you, it costs you everything. You're a new creation. And it is a submission to the Father saying, here is all of my time. And you know what's amazing? He's gonna give things back to you. But now you're gonna be able to receive everything in your hands. So how do you view time? Do you view it with an eternal perspective, but also as a vapor? That this is influencing this. All right, and the next thing you need to look at is how do we spend time? So for this, we're gonna flip over to Matthew uh, chapter 14. So if you can go to Matthew chapter 14 really quick, I'm gonna set this up. Um, we're gonna be in verse, I think we're gonna be in verse 13. I have my Bible right here, I could actually tell you. Yeah, 13, I'm good. I'm gonna just set this up really quick. So before we enter into this story, what had happened just before, and this is important, what had happened just before this story is that John the Baptist was beheaded. And this is why it's important. 
Because if you don't know, John the Baptist and Jesus are family members. Some people think they're cousins and there's some, there's some uh, great documentation of that. We know they're related in some way because we know that Elizabeth and Mary are related in some way. If you don't know that story, Mary goes to her house and, and remember John the Baptist jumps in his womb because Mary's pregnant with Jesus and there's, there's that whole thing, right? So we know that, that they knew each other as family members in some way, shape or form. And there seems to be evidence, and I, and I could not confirm this, this is just from other scholars, there seems to be some evidence in the language of how John speaks to Jesus that possibly before Jesus' ministry when he was younger that he actually followed John around and learned from John and heard John speak and knew his ministry, possibly even maybe being claimed as one of John's disciples. Then again, there's no biblical evidence for that as far as it says it clearly. There's just some scholars that when they look at the language and look how John speaks to Jesus, that it might make sense. But in any case, we know this, John and Jesus are close. They're close. They're not just people that don't know each other. They are, they are close in some way. And John is beheaded because of another man's pride and his lust. That, that uh, the king, Herod, um, was pleased by a dance by his stepdaughter. And he wanted to make this big oath to her and said, anything you want, I will give you. And he did it in front of all these people. And she goes and talks to her mom and her mom tells her to tell the king, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. John, John was already arrested, but he had done nothing to deserve death. And in an injustice time, John the Baptist is beheaded. And Jesus hears about this. And he gets the news. And that's where our story is gonna start. So go ahead, look at verse 13. We're just gonna read the first like half sentence. Now, when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there to be secluded by himself. Again, remember, we're talking about how we spend time. We talked about how do we view time. Now we're talking about how do we spend time. And the first little point in how do we spend time is we have to spend time seeking God's voice. Where does Jesus go as soon, as soon as he hears troubling news? He goes to be by himself. And anytime he goes to be by himself in scripture, it means that he goes alone to pray, to be with the Father. That as soon as he hears news that is troubling to him, his first reaction isn't to put it on Instagram and to, and to tweet. He doesn't even go to the disciples and say, I need to vent to you. He doesn't talk about anger, about the injustice of the society he lives in. As soon as he hears news, where does he go to? To the Father, to hear his voice. He is constantly being filled with the presence of God so that his cup is always filled up. And when it begins to be, to be uh, uh, hit or begins to have troubles or trials, Jesus doesn't go to anyone else except for the Father first. And that is something we need to take into our own lives. Is how many times when something crazy happens in your life do you take time to seek God's voice? And how many of you take time to text a friend and some of you text people that don't even believe in a God or church and you're getting advice from people that don't have scripture to back it up. The first thing we need to do in any time of our life that is, that is that has a trial or is troublesome is to make sure we are seeking God's voice. And that's the first thing that Jesus does. As soon as he hears the news, he goes away to be secluded to his wits. And this is, happens all the time. All the time he is doing this. But look what happens as Jesus is troubled, as Jesus is hurting, as Jesus is in pain, as he's trying to get away, look what happens. At the end of that, that verse 13, and when the people heard of this, 
They followed him on foot from the cities. And when he went ashore, he saw a crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Remember, Jesus is hurting. And then all of a sudden, he sees other people who are also hurting. And he puts to the side what's going on in his life. And he does what we need to do sometimes as he spends time caring for others. He spends his time caring for others. And can I tell you this? When you care for others, it is never going to be in a time where you want to care for others, okay? And I'm serious. Caring for others comes in the most inopportune time that you can imagine. It comes when you're tired, it comes when you're in pain. It comes when, when you don't have it scheduled. And mission trips are great, and I love mission trips. And if you have a student who, who in the next few years is gonna be in junior high and high school, some point in that time, make them go on a mission trips. It will be such an eye-opener to see them be used by God. And they're great, and they have a place. But if you think that mission trips are what caring for others always looks like, that is not true at all. Because if you're thinking like, all right, so I care for others from this date to this date, and then I get to come home and take care of myself. If that's your thought process on, min on mission trips, we are, you are viewing it wrong. Mission trips are actually supposed to inspire you to come back home and do some work amongst the people that you live with, but sometimes they get, they get uh, carded and, and just kind of blocked off as like, this is my caring week, so I don't really have to do that the rest of the time. Because truly caring for others in everyday life comes at the most inopportune moments. It comes when you're tired, when you're just like, I want to go home. I was at the, the Chevron that's kind of down this way a little bit, that new one that they built over there, and, uh, and I was getting gas. Um, because I'm like probably most of you and I wait till like the lights on and it's like I, I might have to push this thing in and uh, so I'm getting gas it's after a board meeting and and I remember I was just super tired that day and when I get really tired like I love seeing all of you in the morning um, but if you saw me at like six like man I get a little like I need like a coffee or something because I'm drained. I'm tired and I love you, but I kind of want to not be around you. Um, I, I don't, I want to wear my sweatpants and just kind of like, just, you know, wear my hat and do that whole thing. And so, and so I remember I was just really tired after the board meeting and it wasn't a bad board meeting. It was a fine board meeting, but it just been a long day and I'm pumping gas and, uh, and I'm wearing uh, my green A's hat and, uh, and I don't care anything about baseball because I, I'm just bald and I wear hats. I don't know about the rest of you. Honestly, it's the truth. People are like, you're a Braves fan. I'm like, I just, just don't want my head exposed to the sun, man. Um, actually, and I remember um, this guy was walking by and I remember he looked not bad, but he just looked like he had been through some stuff. You know, you ever seen someone like that? And he wasn't sad or anything. He just looked like he had, he had been through, through a time. And, and I caught him and like there are times where God like highlights people. Have you ever had that time where like they just get highlighted? And I remember he was highlighted and I was trying my best to erase the highlight. And then he looks at me and he says, that's a nice hat. And I remember in that moment, I was like, and just in minutes, in not even minutes, in milliseconds, I knew what to do. I said, you like my hat? 
And I, in my brain, I want to be like, please don't talk to me. But, it, but, but I, put that, I put that to the side. I put my flesh to the side and I let my spirit, I let the, the Jesus that lives inside me start taking over. And I said, do you like my hat? And he goes, yeah. And so I said, do you want my hat? And he goes, are you a crazy person? And I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, do you want my hat? He goes, are you serious? I go, yeah. And I go, all right. So he comes over and he's like, here you go. And I was like, and I just, I just wanna do something for you. I know it's weird that I'm giving you my hat, um, but I wanna pray with you, is that all right? And he's like, are you serious, bro? And I'm like, yeah, man, like, whatever. And that's how I pray, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I just, I just get to pray with him and I get to encourage him. And then, and then you know what was so cool? He then prays for me. He prayed for me. And I was like, let's go, baby. I was like, we're gonna have church right now. Get the offering bucket, let's go. Um, and, I'm, and, we just, and we just had this time to pray for each other. And then he leaves and he goes, where do you go to church? I'm like, oh yeah, down the street, right over here. And, and I'm, I'll tell you, I've never seen him since. You might be in the crowd right now. I, I, didn't, I haven't seen you since. But I know this, I know that for whatever reason, that was what God had asked me to do, even though I was tired and I was hungry and I wanted to go home. And it wasn't opportune and it wasn't planned and it wasn't like, this is what I should do right here. God showed me and I wasn't prepped, but I was willing to be obedient. And that's what you have to have. You have to be able to put the flesh aside and when it's uncomfortable, you gotta be willing to care for someone else just as Jesus did right there. Let's continue on with the story because it's gonna lead to, to a great miracle that I'm sure you've already seen the, the title of at the top. And it says uh, uh, right here in verse 15, and when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate and this hour is already late. So send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. What are the disciples looking at? The now. Look at what time it is, Jesus. Look at how late it's getting. We need to get people out of here. They're not focused on the eternity right now, on the things that are happening, on the miracles that are happening. They're focusing on the now. Look what's happening right now, Jesus. We need to make a decision. Can you imagine for some of you, and some of you have done this, that you tell God what to do because apparently God didn't like get the picture that it might be a little later than he thought. Like, God, I don't know if you know this, but it's getting kind of late for a miracle now. We need to send these people home. Jesus, I need that job right now. I don't know if you know this, but it's getting late. It's getting late for me and my family. I don't know if you know this, but, but you must have forgotten about me and you start telling God what to do. And look at Jesus' response. He says, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And then they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. They said, this is all we got. This is everything. Jesus, this is all we got. It is late, and the only things we found are five loaves and two fish. And these fish, I'm not even sure they're cooked, Jesus. Like, I got them from some kid who was walking. I, we, we're like, can you imagine? They're like, this is all we got, Jesus. We need to send these people away. This is all we have. 
And when you look at Jesus and say, God, I don't have enough. I'm, I'm kind of, this is all I got, Jesus. You're, you're sitting here telling me that, that I'm not supposed to take that job promotion. Jesus, have you seen my bank account? God, you're telling me that, that my kid's not supposed to be in that sport. Jesus, have you seen the rest of the kids that play? If he misses one practice, he's going to be on the bench. God, I know that, that you're asking me to do this, but where's my time going to be, God? How am I going to do this? And this is what Jesus says. When you look at him and say, all I got is five loaves and two fish, what does Jesus say? and he said bring them to me bring them to me he said you bring that to me and it says ordering the people to sit down on the grass he took the five loaves and the two fish and linking up toward heaven he blessed the food and broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples and his disciples gave them to the crowd and they all ate and were satisfied satisfied not dissatisfied, not like, hey, the hunger just was not as bad as it was. It says they ate and they were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. And there were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. So in, your, in, our, in how we would say it is about 10,000 people there with five loaves and two fish. But it's not five loaves and two fish. It's not the quantity it's the everything that he gave everything. You see the disciples, he didn't allow them to go, all right, so you want, how about we take two of the loaves and one of the raw fish and we'll divvy it up between us and then you take the rest, Jesus, and do a miracle. They didn't say, hey, can we make a deal here? Hey, can I just have this amount of time and then you just have the rest and you do what you want with that? No, no, Jesus said, bring me everything. And let me show you what I can do. You see, miracles happen when our time is spent in generous obedience. When you obey him, things happen. When you, when you say, God, here is everything I got. Here's my five loaves and my two fish. Here's my bank account. Here's whatever it is that's in my pockets. Here's all of my time. Here's whatever. I'm going to give it to you, and I want to see what you're going to do. There's two things you got to know. One, you're going to leave satisfied, and two, a miracle is about to happen. When you give everything to him, you're giving God enough room to say, all right, now I can do something that's going to blow your mind. And it's not going to be about you and how you time managed your way to success. It's not going to be about you and how you made sure everything was there. It's going to be about me and what I did with the little that you gave me and how I used it. That's what we're talking about when we talk about being generous with our time. We're talking about a generous obedience with an eternal perspective knowing that what's about to happen is so much more important than what's happening right now. Parents, there's no greater gift that you could give your kid. There's not enough money in their inheritance that could compare to this. There's not a baseball scholarship or a football scholarship that could compare to this. There's nothing that could compare the, the, the gift of showing them what obedience looks like and how eternal life flows out of that. Nothing greater you could give them. Nothing greater you could give your kids than that. So that needs to be the gift that you keep giving them. And guys, we, we're, we're talking as a church that we want to see something happen, right? We want to see something happen in our country, in our community. It's time for us to empty our hands and allow him to give back to us what it is that he wills, not also what I will. And I talked about eternal life. And I believe this. I believe there's an eternal life in heaven and eternal life in hell. 
And I don't believe it because I'm like, I just wanted to make two things up so that people had a choice to go to. I'm not, I'm not like that. I believe it because it's in scripture. And as much as I, as I would like to make up my own things and do my own things, I know that that's not, that's not my calling. My calling is to preach this word. And I talk about living eternity in heaven and what that could look like. And some of you are worried because even in your soul, you know that there's life after this. And there's something in you that's telling you you're not ready for that. That you've been living for the vapor. You've been living for this. You've been living for this little part of your life and it's not even working. You're just upset all the time. Do you know what uh, eternal life actually means? It doesn't just mean life after death. It means life right now. And you've been seeking that forever. And you just haven't found it. I'm gonna tell you this, you can only find it in Jesus Christ. You can't find it in Jesus Christ and your job. You can't find it in Jesus Christ and your family. You can't find it in Jesus Christ and this. It is only and forever will only be in Jesus. And I wanna give you an opportunity to give everything to him because I'm telling you right now, it's the best decision you'll ever make. Will you bow your heads with me? If today you would like to receive Jesus, you would like to tell, tell him, here's everything I have. Here's my five loaves, my two fish. Here's my time. Here's my obedience. God, I've tried to figure it out on my own and it hasn't worked. And I'm just willing to give everything to you. If that's you today, I just want you to do this. I want you to look up at me and don't look away until I tell you. So on the count of three, look up at me. One, two, three, go ahead, look up. If that's you today, you wanna to give your life to Jesus and inherit eternal life, not because of what you've done, because of what he's done. If you looked up at me, you can put your head down. We're gonna pray really quick and we're all gonna pray together. And can I tell you, as you put your head down, you have made the best decision in the world. Like there's nothing, no greater decision you'll ever make. The person you marry, the job you take, the, the decisions you make after this will all pale in comparison to allowing the Lord to do something in your life for him to become the savior of your life. There's nothing that's gonna compare to that. And so we're gonna say a prayer today and I want you to mean this prayer with everything in your heart and your soul. Father, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, be the savior of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Comfort me, convict me. Let me follow you. Let me obey you. Speak to me. I am yours. Father, right now, I pray that you would just be with those who prayed that prayer in their heart, that, Father, they would feel your Holy Spirit come over them right now. God, they would be thinking things in their brain that sounds like their voice, but doesn't sound like them. It would be encouraging. There would be, some, there would be something where, where you're telling them, hey, you need to let go of this. And Father, if there's those of us in here who have tried to do both things, God, we've tried to have our will and your will, Father, and it hasn't worked out yet. Father, I pray right now we would let go of the things that are happening that we're trying to hold on to, and we have been 
been denying ourselves from ministry. We've been denying ourselves from purpose. We've been telling everybody that it, there's too, there's not enough time. I can't do that. That God, I hope that we understand that you are a God that is outside of time, that you can expand time that you can make it that we can still do the things that we feel called to do even in the amount of time that we feel is like a vapor that is coming so quick father i pray we would trust in you with everything and be obedient to what you're telling us so that we can see miracles happen in our lives so father we give you our time everything to you that we would be like james said that we would do your will and go this way or that. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you guys stand with me? Repeat after me. Lord, Lord keep, me keep me outward focused and fill me with your spirit. Me with your spirit. Give, me the boldness Give me the boldness to share the gospel with others, the gospel with others. and open up opportunities, open up opportunities to minister outside this church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCCNorco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.